Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Leah and I am joined by Katie, Denise and Bonnie talking about our one cool movie thing. Uh, Let's see if I can remember everybody's. Bonnie has already talked about Kathleen Shannon. Katie has talked about the impact of romantic comedies. And Denise talked about Helen Mirren and the aging of older women in Hollywood. So before we dive back in, I'm so proud of myself that I remembered all of that. Uh, let's get to know something random about our gal pals. I want to know if you could make up an Oscar category that you would be a shoe in to win. What would it be? And what would be your ex- uh, your acceptance speech? Bonnie, you said you were already ready. <laughs> uh, my w- award would be for petting the most uh, puppies. Oh, on film. that sounds like a personal goal. Yes. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Perfect. And I probably wouldn't. I would probably wouldn't have a speech. I would probably just have a whole bunch of adoptable puppies <laughs> right. waiting backstage and just release them. <laughs> release the hounds. Yes. <laughs> and then you would just pet Everybody. all the puppies, and they It'd would lick like, all your faces. You know, they get those gift bags. Everyone goes home with a puppy. Right. Yeah. I like it. Although that's bribed me all over again. I think yes. I overcommitted on the yes. number of puppies. Th- that, that is me. That is me. <laughs> <laughs> walking home with all the puppies. I love it. Looks <laughs> for me. <laughs> Perfect. Denise, do you have one? Well, I uh, um, there's so many to choose from. I think <laughs> the first one that really comes stands out is I would be awarded um, the person who has paved the most roads to hell with good intentions. <laughs> I do like that because that nice. I, you know, I have all these good intentions and I get passionate about things and I try to make a difference and then I just destroy other people and oh. end up getting hated Aww. so i would say but you tried i tried but yeah. it doesn't matter because you know it, good intentions it does to me well, <laughs> trying matters oh, oh. <laughs> i know some people are assholes though <laughs> yeah they just they they're just like why did you do that denise oh well i was trying something and they said well you failed and um, so i think that my, my 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 uh yeah i'm just trying to get pity now um, <laughs> <laughs> you got it girl <laughs> i would just talk about how fabulous um um, good intentions are. I don't know. I don't have it. I don't have a good acceptance. <laughs> I have never ever thought of an acceptance speech. For oh really? Anything. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I don't. I actually, I don't watch award shows. Oh, I love. I will them. vote for the SAG Awards. Right, but you don't watch the but show. I don't watch the show. Oh, gotcha. I can see that. I just don't like award shows. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who else but pr- pr- but actors that would would want right. everybody to watch them parade around and get awards for themselves? I like the the fact that it's a three hour commercial for the industry and trying to make them feel better about themselves. It's I watch it. Sad. I watch it with sarcasm. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> then I'm watching okay. it with you. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I used to live tweet my sarcasm. Oh my god, <laughs> that sounds delightful. I do not ever destroy anybody's clothing though. That is the line that mm-hmm. I go with. You know, and it's like I don't go. What are they wearing? How did they? Th-? It's like you know what? I don't care. I don't care what they're wearing. What are they doing? What are they saying? Uh-huh. What is the pompousness of this night? Yeah. <laughs> Got it. That part's fun. Got it. <laughs> Katie, I'm sure you love mm. this question. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, it doesn't even need to one. be movie related. Well, Bonnie's was petting dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, really try to take care of people. 
There you go. When I think about kind of at the essence, uh, it's always important to me to take care of my family and my job is being a caregiver and supporting people. Right. So I'm going to go with the best supporting actress award. Look at that. Supporting in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, Supporting people. Oh, my acceptance speech would be like, it's about you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This is all about you. It's because of you, it's for you. That is fantastic. Uh, yeah. What about you, Leah? I went random. Uh, I have a certain skill, and it really only came in handy once in my goddamn life. <laughs> but if it could win me a award, it would be the best movie detective using only the cover box as your clues. <laughs> oh. Pre-2001. If the movie is pre-2001, I got this, yo. Uh, I worked at two different video stores. I worked at Suncoast and I worked at Hollywood Video and I did work at Blockbuster until Hollywood Video said they'd pay me more. I had a certain skill. That one guy in that one thing, that one gal in that one thing. And I'd be like, describe the box to me. And I would nail it every time. It was a weird skill that barely paid the bills. But uh, yeah, that would be my acceptance speech. And I would be like, thank you for being that one person in that one thing wearing a red jacket. (laughs) Schindler's List. You know, (laughs) your skill goes so much deeper than that, though. It does. It's random knowledge. Hearing voices not in the room. No, no, it's a freakish skill. It is. That kicks my ass at movie trivia games. <laughs> this is why we don't play movie trivia games. Yeah, I don't like losing. Usually, like, um, you and Sarah will start playing, the three of we'll start yeah. playing a movie trivia game, and then somebody's upset with me. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. always win. If it's yeah. pre-2001, <laughs> if it's past that, I had babies then. I had mm-hmm. no time to go to the theater. I don't win those. <laughs> it's you still weird, hang though. in there. You still got some skills. There you go. Yeah. Well, that is my... <laughs> That is my randomness. Do you guys want to hear more about my randomness of my one cool thing? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my one cool thing. Okay. So, of course, because I'm weirdly movie obsessed, I think obsessed is probably the good word for it. Um, I get excited about movie month uh, because I've been like a movie geek ever since that I was born. Uh, My first time in a movie theater, I was three months old. I really, really was. Do you remember it? Um. (laughs) I think I'm honestly, through therapy, I think I'm remembering more the stories people have told me about it than the actual event. And I think I've romanticized it, Uh but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) We all get to do that. (laughs) Uh, So shortly thereafter, my glorious moviness, uh, my parents pretty much abandoned me. So I was kind of raised by movies. Movies were my greatest teacher. They were the ones that were going to kind of show me how to live a human life. Uh, but unfortunately, the obsession kind of kept going, too. I made my first film when I was 15 because I wanted to be able to do this magical thing that I saw. I met my husband at a video store. <laughs> I got married uh, in Beverly Hills and it was movie themed. That was the big thing. I changed my name to Kate Chaplin and I made a go of a film career as a writer, director and producer. And the Kate Chaplin is for Catherine Hepburn and for Charlie Chaplin, Uh which were my two great inspirations that I would never live up to, but I would try my damnedest. So therefore I was always trying. Uh, But I made a few movies. I won a few awards along the way. It was fun until it just wasn't. And then when it wasn't, it was just time to go. So instead of being unhappy or bitter or whatever, or making things that I didn't want to make, you know what I mean? Uh I'm like, how about... 
how about I just do something else? How about I found the passion in something else? So uh, I basically, inst- uh, I always think of it as the movie You've Got Mail. Have you guys ever seen You've uh-huh. Got Mail? Yeah. There's the older woman, Birdie. She says to, uh, um, to oh my gosh, uh, mm-hmm. Kathleen Kelly's character. There you go, Meg Ryan. Yeah. Uh, you had the audacity to dream of a different life. And I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. So that's what I did. Uh, but through this whole journey of my 42 years on this planet, I have had an unexpected role model that I have fought against my entire life. Uh, and I finally now come to terms that my life is finally better because of Carrie fucking Fisher. Oh, amen. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about Carrie Fisher, uh, who called herself, by the way, a product of Hollywood inbreeding. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, because she pulls no punches. Absolutely. Uh, Both of her parents were actors. And not only were they actors, they were on the cover of magazines. They were America's sweethearts at the time. Uh, So Debbie Reynolds and Eddie Fisher, they connected with an audience. But let's just say it took a little time for them to connect with their daughter. Mm. Uh, She describes it this way, and I'm just going to quote her. Uh, Quote, when I was born, my mother was given an anesthetic because they didn't have epidurals in those days. Consequently, she was unconscious. And my father, upon seeing me starting to arrive, fainted. So when I arrived, I was virtually unattended. And I've been trying to make up for that fact ever since. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) So Carrie's father would actually end up leaving the family for Elizabeth Taylor. You know, like you do. The -hmm. woman was married nine times to eight different people, I think. (laughs) Um, So Carrie would only see her father about once a year. Didn't really have a relationship with him. And she grew up actually wondering if she would ever be as pretty as her mom. This was something. Mm-hmm. Debbie Reynolds was gorgeous. Yeah. My yeah. goodness. <laughs> um, but she said, Carrie Fisher said, um, I think I was 10 when I realized with profound certainty that I would not be in no way now the beauty that my mother was. I was clumsy looking. I was intensely awkward and I was an insecure girl. I decided then that I better develop something else. If I wasn't going to be pretty, maybe I could be funny or smart. <laughs> not both just not one both. right the other. i think she was both i think I she think was she funny was and yeah. smart i also think that she was pretty as well but too. she's <laughs> comparing herself to her mother <laughs> which is a genetic lottery really uh but at the age of 19 she got the role of princess leia in star wars if she lost 10 pounds no yes there was a caveat on her being hired anybody want to guess how much she weighed Pre lose ten pounds. Definitely tall. One hundred and ten. Yeah, she's tiny. She's tiny. So she was one hundred and five pounds at the time. She had to be under one hundred pounds. And they told her to lose if she lost ten pounds. Did they weigh her? Probably. Now Carrie Fisher did say that fifty pounds of it was in her face. (laughs) 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 So they were hoping she would lose it in whole baby cheeks. But that's the, not the way it works. The buns add 10 pounds anyway. This is what she always bitched about. She's like, so you tell me to lose weight out of my face and then you put shit on the side of it that widens it. <laughs> 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 she was very mad about it. She says that George Lucas ruined her life and she means that in the nicest way possible. <laughs> 
Uh, because sure, she got celebrities. She could probably get any table in any restaurant pulling the hey, I was Princess Leia card, basically. Uh-huh. But she was also a Pez dispenser. <laughs> yeah. You know, and she, she didn't made... get any money from that, did she? No, uh, no, no, no. She has to pay George Lucas money every time she looked in the mirror because he owned her like, just kidding. But that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Not absolutely true. Uh, but yes, it also doesn't help that she was immortalized at a young age. We're talking, you know, 19 yeah. and 21 when everybody's breathtakingly gorgeous then. Um, and her two most famous outfits, um, neither of them was she allowed to wear underwear. Oh, the white dress and the slave Leia dress. There's neither no one. Underwear in space. There's no underwear in space. <laughs> that doesn't help. Uh, she then got married and she titled this phase of her life as Paul Simon and I had a fight for 12 years. <laughs> She was married to Paul Simon. I did not know that. Yes. Oh, yeah. He wrote songs about her. Well, they they married. They divorced. Uh, they dated. They married again. Uh, no, I think they dated again. They only married once. Um, but he traveled a lot. He did write songs about her. There's like two songs of Paul Simon's that are actually about her. The thing that I love is Paul Simon, if you think about it, is a short Jewish singer with issues. All right. And Debbie Reynolds married a man, Carrie Fisher's father, who was a short Jewish man with issues. <laughs> mm, yeah. This is what Carrie Fisher said. She said, my mother makes a blueprint and I follow it to the letter. <laughs> That's how she describes her marriage to Paul Simon. Wow. And I'm like, at least you get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So for the longest time, Carrie actually really distanced herself from her mother. They didn't talk. Um, Carrie was determined to figure out who she was. It was very ironic that this whole time she was trying to figure out who she was, she was doing exactly what her mother did. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. That's what drugs and that's what therapy is for. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Carrie was always very open about her drug abuse. Uh, she had pot for the first time when she was 13. When Star Wars came around, she needed to be a little bit more up than down. So, she decided opioids was the, the mm, best way to the go way for to it. Go. yeah. So most, if you think about it, as you watch Star Wars with me again, Katie, um, she's on opioids the entire time. (laughs) Really? I'm going to rewatch it now just to to, see. Just to see what those eyes are doing? Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. (laughs) Uh, She struggled with addiction for most of her life, and like she was very, very open with it. And actually, Cary Grant got involved. It's a very complicated and long story. But it's in uh, Carrie Fisher's book, Wishful Drinking. So I highly recommend it because I could just have a whole episode of Carrie Fisher and Carrie Grant stories, and it would take too long. Um, she was also very open about her mental illness. Did you guys know she was bipolar? Mm-hmm. See? Uh, so she was diagnosed bipolar or manic depressive. It means the same thing when she was 24, actually. Mm. So we're talking Star Wars times. Um, but she told the LA Times, quote, there is part of this illness that is funny. I don't understand the stigma. I understand the funny. It's what I do. Because I have a sense of humor, things don't prey on me for very long. And that's why I have it. If I did it, it would just be painful and if my life wasn't funny it would just be true and that would be unacceptable (laughs) (laughs) so I'm like damn straight remove any stigma from mental illness it was fantastic Mm -hmm. now the unbelievably true things that have happened in her life she's actually pictured in the abnormal psychology textbook no you open the page to a in the that textbook to manic depression and it's a picture of Carrie Fisher does she have the buns? She has the buns. Oh, it's the fucking Princess Leia picture that they use. 
Oh my god. Are they saying Princess Leia was mad and depressive or Carrie Fisher? They're saying Carrie Fisher, the actress that played Ooh. Princess Leia in Star Wars, has been diagnosed with this illness. Wow. And I'm like, oh, that's that's a lot to impact. But also get this, uh, she had a kid with a man who just simply forgot to tell her that he was gay. He just forgot to tell her. What? They were married. They didn't actually, they didn't get married. He had a ring. It was a very beautiful ring. Carrie Fisher actually wore it around her neck for many, many years. Um, but yeah, Brian Lord and Carrie Fisher, they were never legally married, but they have a child together. Billy Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was actually in Star Wars with Carrie Fisher, The Last Jedi. She's also in Booksmart, the new movie that's out. Billy Lord is making a, an acting go of it. It's just interesting. She talks about it. Is more. he it's sure he's gay? <laughs> That's what she kept asking over and over. Again. Like, are How you sure though? But like, but are you sure? He was sure. They have a kid. <laughs> they have a kid. He want a, okay, whatever. I know exactly. It's it's Hollywood, man. It <laughs> is. Uh, in 1987, Carrie published her first novel, Postcards from the Edge, Love and that. it fictionalized her relationship with her mother and with drugs. Uh-huh. I call it therapy, (laughs) Uh, but it was later made into a movie. Um, She wrote three more uh, novels, actually, that kind of like fictionalize uh, her life. Um, She also wrote two biographies, Wishful Drinking and Princess Diaries. They're really more of a stand-up routine. They really are, but they're hilarious, and they really give you tidbits of her life. Um, she was also a script doctor, too. Um, she would be the one who would do a polish of characters' dialogues. The ones she says she worked on were Hook, The Wedding Singer, and Sister Act. Those are just like a few of the ones mm-hmm. that she actually named. Usually script doctors get no credit, so they're not on IMDb. You don't know. They get uh-huh. paid, you be quiet, and then you, you no, write wait. to your friends. What age was she when she was doing that? She was in the unfuckable age. She was in the unfuckable age. Yes, she was. And she's Carrie Fisher. She also could have been in her rehab phase, too. Let's be fair. (laughs) (laughs) Those two kind of happened at the same time. (laughs) She was working on stuff. It's funny because it's like one of the ultimate, at least in like the nerd community, Mm -hmm. the ultimate fantasy is the... Slave Leia costume. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But even Leia becomes the unfuckable age. Absolutely. Ah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it comes for all of us. (laughs) So, but when Carrie was ready, she made up for lost time and she moved next door to her mother in Beverly Hills. Now, Carrie's house was once home to uh, Edith Head and to Mm. Betty Davis. Not at the same time, although that would have been great. (laughs) That would have been a great Right? Uh, but Carrie's house, uh, in LA was like eclectic as hell. I mean, I think there's, there's eclectic and then there's LA eclectic. I mean, it's like really beyond eclectic. Um, it has neon everywhere. It has a Christmas tree year round because she went to Harold Lloyd's house when she was a kid and he had a Christmas tree and she went, fuck, I'm going to have a Christmas tree year round. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Why can't it be Christmas every day? Um, she also had, uh, fan art that was sent to her. She actually put it all up. Uh, there was even this thing where it's like, Oh, see that piano. That's the piano that James Blunt used while he was making his second album when he was staying at Carrie Fisher's house. I mean, it's just weird the stories that come through there. Uh, there's a documentary called Bright Lights and the Bright Lights documentary is about Carrie Fisher and her mom and it aired after they both died. Ooh. So it's kind of like hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, but it's still, it's freaking hilarious. So she has, a, she has a brother that's still alive, right? She does. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yes. So okay. yeah, he is actually in that too. Uh, but this brings me back to Star Wars and the no underwear in space, mm-hmm. basically real, because there's no way that I can end this uh, and make 
make you feel really sad about this hilarious survivor um, and drop that sadness bomb on you. So what I'll tell you is the very first day of filming, Carrie Fisher comes on set and she is wearing the famous white dress, all right, of Star Wars 77. And George Lucas says, you can't wear a bra under that dress. And Carrie Fisher says, okay, I'll bite. Why? (laughs) With full confidence, as if he has been there, George Lucas said, quote, and this is coming from Carrie Fisher, because there's no underwear in space. You can't go into space. You become weightless. And then your body expands, but your bra doesn't. So you get strangled by your own underwear. What the hell? That was his reason Mm -hmm. (laughs) for her not being able to wear. So she wore gaff tape. She had gaff tape as a support system for her bits Mm -hmm. in that white dress. And she was on opioids. This is why this movie is brilliant to watch. (laughs) Okay. So anyway... So she wrote in Wishful Drinking, quote, I think that would make for the most fantastic obituary. Mm -hmm. So instead of telling our glorious listeners and finishing up that Carrie Fisher died of a heart attack at the age of 60 and her mother died the day after, I'm going to tell you the absolute truth. The Carrie Fisher was sent to the outer reaches of space where she drowned in the moonlight strangled by her own bra. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I think that is how she would have liked it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I, I said at the top how she's my unexpected role model. So really quick, I will tie this all together. Um, <laughs> let's see if Katie remembers this. What's that first movie I saw when I was three months old? Do you remember? I was three months old, sitting on my mother's lap, and what was the movie? <laughs> You're my longest friend, so that's why I thought Aww. you might remember. If you don't remember, Aww. it's totally fine. The moment you say it, I'm going to remember. Right? It's Star Wars. Was it wow, Star Wars? <laughs> Why? I was three months old when Star Wars came out. My parents couldn't find a babysitter. And so they brought me and I was quiet the entire. This is the story. I was quiet the entire time. I was watching my mother's face. I was watching the movie. I didn't make a peep. I loved it. So they took me to movies all the time because I was quiet. I didn't go to Mm. sleep. I just loved it. I loved the sound. Probably. I'm sure there was smoking in the theater. I'm sure I love the dancing and the light and stuff like that with all of the smoke that was in there. So it was the first film that I saw, and it is really my childhood. It is pretty much my surrogate parent, if you will. Um, It got me into mythology. It got me into writing, into filmmaking. It was my door to another galaxy, hence the name of this glorious organization. Uh, There's lots of characters throughout that series, but one of them had a freaking name that was very close to mine. (laughs) (laughs) So you get the Leah, you get the Leia, and it's like, well, apparently that's the one I need to relate to. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's got a name like mine, but she's not perfect. I mean, she couldn't wear underwear, for crying out loud. It's also very weird when you're six years old and you've had iron-on Princess Leia t-shirts pretty much your entire life from, like, cereal boxes, um, and then you see her as slave Leia. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's kind of weird as a six-year-old a little bit, uh, but she's perfect in that, and that's the thing. I grew up thinking, you know what I mean? And when I grow up and I become Leia, not Leia, is that what I'm supposed to look like? Is that who I'm supposed to be? Am I supposed to kill a giant slug? <laughs> the answer to the second part is yes. Yes. <laughs> I kill the giant slug, you know, with the chain. But I don't have to wear that outfit. Um, but I thought that's unattainable. So I kind of like rebelled against her because I can't do that. So I'm not going to do that. 
So one could say that's very similar to Carrie Fisher and her mother mm-hmm. of growing up. Of that's she's too breathtaking. She's too beautiful. Uh-huh. Too beautiful. I can't do that. Um, so here's some other things that I have in common with Carrie Fisher. That's just weird. So Carrie Fisher felt unintended by her parents. I felt abandoned by my parents. George Lucas ruined her life. George Lucas ruined my life. Nobody. <laughs> and we mean this in the nicest way. Please don't sue me. But. I rarely ever have my name said right. (laughs) It's always Leia. And it's usually by some geek guy who just really hopes I just spelled it wrong. (laughs) So sure. I actually had men date me only to ask me if I would wear the princess Leia costume. Oh my God. I've had men ask me, would you like to see my lightsaber? Oh my God. Uh huh. This is why George Lucas ruins my life. Um, So I made a short film called Leah, not Leia, which is the same thing like postcards from the edge. It's me taking this ridiculous pain and characterizing it and fictionalizing it and putting it out there because it's freaking funny. Uh Because if it was true, that would be unacceptable. So it just had to be funny. Uh, So yes, I also recommend this avenue of catharsis if anybody needs it, by the way, too. Uh, My mom is also bipolar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Carrie Fisher talked about her illness. My mom never talks about oh her illness. Gosh. So having Carrie Fisher talk about it was like, so I learned about pretty much bipolar and manic depressive through Carrie Fisher. Like that was my education uh-huh. right there. So yes. And trust me, I was tested regularly to see if I could win this DNA lottery. And I didn't. Um, I got the consolation prize of anxiety. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. usually a great byproduct it really it's the gift that keeps on giving i mean don't be jealous don't be jealous (laughs) uh we also have carrie grant in common uh carrie fisher said he's probably the only famous person that i was ever really in awe of he also tried to get her off of drugs again it's a very very long story um the cool thing is is that do you know what carrie grant's real uh name is Uh -uh. archibald leach Oh, yes, yes, I've heard that, yes. Yeah, so my, much better. my husband's family, Leach, is a distant relation of Cary Grant. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> so that's freaky. It's very, very weird. And then, uh, yeah, so the last one is, so when I saw The Last Jedi and I saw General Leia get hurled into space, and I thought I was going to see the end of this Leia character... Um, I realized I wasn't ready for her to die yet. I hadn't finished learning from her. There was still so much more to do. So I wasn't done learning about Leia and I wasn't done learning about this character that I constantly like distance myself like, no, 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 she's different. She's not me. Uh, so, and that's when I realized that Leia as well as Carrie Fisher have always been my role models, whether I liked it or not. Uh, they were there to show me how to navigate this crazy world. And I just thought it was too damn cool. So Therefore, my one cool thing. Awesome. <laughs> so anything about, it's hard to say, anything about Carrie Fisher surprise you? <laughs> I love it all. I know, it's all a surprise, isn't it? <laughs> just, just fascinating. I still have a little bit of time. Do you guys want to hear the stupid Carrie Grant story? Yeah, I do. Okay, so the Carrie Grant story. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, so Carrie Fisher is addicted to opioids, opioids at the time. She tells her mother... And her mother does the only logical thing that a Hollywood mother would do. She calls Cary Grant and says, (laughs) Cary Grant, my daughter is addicted to acid. Now, Cary Grant in the 80s, I wanted to say 70s, but I'm pretty sure it was the 80s, actually did a clinical study with LSD. 
So he was testing the drug's mind-altering powers to see if it could be used as a as a tool, as a helpful tool uh-huh. uh, for either creative process or whatever. For some odd reason, Cary Grant, they picked as the subject and was very interested. And he went on television and he talked about, you know, that he experienced clinically with LSD. That's why I want to say the 70s, although I think this was the 80s. So, of course, Debbie Reynolds thinks acid. Who do I know? That's a- It's not what her daughter's addicted to. <laughs> she calls Cary Grant. She says, please, please call my daughter. You're the only one that can help him. It's very, you know, help me, Obi-Wan. You're my only help. <laughs> um, so Carrie tells the story that a man who sounds a lot like Carrie Grant calls her on the phone. She doesn't know. She wants to think that it's a fake caller. But at the same time, there's quite possible that it's actually Carrie Grant. So she's on the phone and she's like listening and, li- and she has to explain First of all, uh, it's opioids. It's not acid. Thank you very much for your concern. You know, ha, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they awkwardly get off the phone, you know, as they help each other. Uh, then later, um, Princess Monaco dies. And for some odd reason, her father, Eddie Fisher, wants to go to the funeral. Okay. This is what famous people do. He never met her. He didn't know her. They were never in a movie together. But he was famous. She was famous. It he made got, him feel important. Correct. And yeah. he got an invitation to the funeral. He got an invitation to the funeral? So he's at the funeral, mm. probably looking for a new wife. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is Eddie Fisher. But who does he see? Cary Grant. And who does he go? Cary Grant. What do I have in common with Cary Grant? What do I? Oh, yeah. Hey, Cary Grant. My daughter is addicted to acid. <laughs> Could you call her and help her oh, out? no. So once again, Cary Grant calls Carrie Fisher. She's like, fuck. She's like, we, we, I'm sorry. We've done this before. And again, it's opioids. My father, I see once a year. I'm sure he clinically knows like, where my you know, drug problem is really at. She's like, thank you so much for your time. And again, they hang up the phone. The third time's the charm. And she's at a function. Denise is dying. <laughs> She's at a celebrity, like uh, some kind of celebrity function. Who knows? A fundraiser, Academy Awards. And there in the flesh is Cary Grant. She freaks out. (laughs) She's like, he is still handsome. Oh, God. Her heart is like racing. She's like, how do I, what do I do? I just, we've talked on the phone. I should just go up to him. We talk. First thing that comes out of her mouth, Mr. Grant, it's Debbie Reynolds' daughter. I'm the one with the acid problem. (laughs) (laughs) That's the Cary Grant story. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh I will leave you with that. <laughs> because it's just too brilliant. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps it up for Movie Month. Join us next week as a new group of gal pals uh, do some science, technology, engineering, and math. Crap. There's going to be math. Next up is STEM month. Thanks for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Galsguide patron today. Thanks for listening.